Welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. This week we're talking about chapters 25 to 28 of The Hidden Oracle. So we are uh, about three-fourths of the way through this book. And yeah. I, I guess the entire trials is his finding the oracles. I thought seeing as this one's called the hidden oracle, it would be about all of the oracles. They're all just called the other hidden oracle. (laughs) The third surprise oracle. (laughs) I guess I don't even know the titles of the books because I was like, oh, this is, so is it going to be like the second book is called specifically uh, whatever the other oracle is? The, the, I don't remember what they are either. And the Actually, last one is just going to be. That's uh, fun though Oracle that you don't Delphi. know what they're called. Mm-mm, I like that. That's a fun up. Um, added challenge where you're mm. like, you don't even get any of those spoilers, you know, within the titles. Yeah. Yeah. But it also, I had a vision, I guess, oh. an idea oh my gosh. of this book. You had a vision? Did you? Are oh, you an up. Oracle? <laughs> are you the hidden Oracle? I'm the hidden. The hidden Oracle was within us all along. It was the friends we made along the way. You are making prophecies for these books. You're making predictions. I am. So I think you're I, actually the Oracle Apollo's looking I'm the for. Hidden. Mm. He can stay the fuck away from me, though, so... <laughs> Like two episodes ago, you were like, I want to bone Apollo. So <laughs> I've changed my mind. This is mixed messaging. <laughs> this chapter, these set of chapters, especially, yeah. I was like, oh, never man. mind. <laughs> never mind. Um, but I thought it was going to be very, I don't know, like, like PJO, where mm-hmm. they, get the, they get the quest, they go on the quest, they get the. They do the quest. They come back and they're like, okay, time to go back Yay. to school. And there's like an overarching plot. But this is like, there is no subplot. There's only an overarching plot. They, they, they haven't even gotten like a quest or like an idea of what's going on. And I'm guessing that they'll get it once they get to the Grove of Donda or whatever it's called. <laughs> the what? <laughs> the Donda Grove. What is it Donda? called? Is it not Donda? <laughs> Dodona? Donna. Donna. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Donda. It sounds, Donda. That sounds like Honda's evil twin or something. I think that's a Kanye West album. That's my fan. <laughs> <laughs> named after his mom. Oops. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> Grove of Dodona. Okay. Dodona. I don't know that makes more sense. <laughs> anyway. The Grove. The Grove. I the thought trees. that I thought that they would have done that earlier, but they they're we're almost done with the book. Well, not almost. I mean, we have a chunk of the book, and yeah. they're just kind of realizing who the villain of this book is going to be. And yeah. it's not even going to be this book, is it? It's going to be he's going to be the overarching villain because the yeah. way that like they're so upset about it. Anyway. That's just my thoughts. I was reading it and I was like, when are we getting to it? Like, he's just <laughs> running back and forth from camp. I know. He's like, I got, it's like, it feels kind of like a video game. Like he's like, he got injured and he has to go back to camp to get better. But then yeah. listen to the exposition lady who tells him everything that's going on. Hmm. Maybe I've just been playing too many video games. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, to summarize what we're going to talk about, uh, Apollo's going to break and make some more oaths because it's like he's addicted. He and is. He's going he's gonna to battle some giant ant friends. Friends, yes. Friends is a strong word. But, yeah. You know, mama. Yeah. <laughs> the ant mother. There's so mm-hmm. many mommies. Moms. So many mommies. Oh. Rick needs to calm down. I know. I know. They all got daddy issues and they all have, there's a lot of mommies going on. Mm-hmm. This is just into into Rick's psyche, I guess. Chapter t- 25 and 26. Mm-hmm. I'm chapter 25. I'm on a roll now. Burning, burning, throwing up. Lions? Hey, why not? Apollo is determined to find Meg and save her. He stumbles back to Pete's geyser or Pete the geyser. I guess it's not Pete's geyser because Pete is the geyser. And it's also his geyser because he owns his own body, bodily autonomy. That's true. But mm-hmm. he is in America. So does he own his own body? <laughs> but he's a man. He's a man. So yes, he does. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad yeah. we, we completed the logic yes, on that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he demands um, that Pete help him and tell him where the Myrmachie's nest is, the ants, our ant friends. Pete reveals that the nest is actually the only entrance to the grove of Dodona, and that's where Polly, his his partner, is Polly his boyfriend, his husband, business well, if partner. Well, it's his husband, then he loses a little bit of body bodily autonomy. Sorry, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's not super clear yet. Um, that's where Polly went before he disappeared. Pete directs Apollo towards the nest and tells him where it is, but he cautions Apollo not to go there until he gets some rest, since Apollo is injured. Apparently the ants take like 24 hours to kill a victim, so they have like a little break. Like they have to wait till the victims get soft and squishy. They wrap them up. So Apollo's like, oh, okay, I have 24 hours. The clock is set. I have time for a nap. Pete also warns Apollo about the, quote, other guys that are in the forest near the grove and have been looking for it. Polly had seen three other humans while scoping out the area, all heavily armed, looking for the grove as well. They'd been talking in Latin also, which is super extra. I'm like, that's mm. so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe because I was at a, my, my college had religious affiliations. There was like a Latin program and like all of the really pretentious people would take Latin as their language in college instead of like a useful language. So I'm biased. Latin against- is only somewhat useful to specifically like take the MCAT or something like that yeah if you're like using yeah root words but then after that then it's like oh do you know Spanish and you don't because it's actually applicable in hospital settings yeah you're like no but I know Latin (laughs) (laughs) I know (laughs) useless yeah um and one of the dudes has also they've been referring to one of them as the imperator I don't know if I'm saying that right. Imperator, Imperator. This unlocks some memory in Apollo's mind about who these dudes could be, but he doesn't tell us exactly what he's thinking, just that he has an idea of who they are. Apollo then, because he's so dramatic, he decides to swear another oath on the geyser dude. And the geyser's like, are you sure you want to do this? My oaths are more serious than the river sticks. Like I will immediately kill you if you fail. River sticks, you know, it's like a slow, a slow burn. We don't really know what's going to happen to him because he broke that oath already. So like that one's up in the air, but the geyser's like, I will kill you 
if you make this oath. And Apollo is like, I must. He's so dramatic. Just keep it inside, Apollo. It's okay. Just I know. make a pinky promise to yourself. Yeah, just, just write it. Oath. Write it in your like goal journal. Whatever. <laughs> Set an intention. Doesn't yeah, have to there be, we go. Like, a solid oath. But he makes an oath that he will save Meg. And then he tries to head back towards camp so he can get his injuries healed, but he doesn't end up making it there by himself because he's too weak. He rests against a tree and is half delirious, thinking of Daphne, and tells the tree that he loves it. (laughs) Because he's, like, hallucinating Daphne there. He tells Daphne that she was his first love, and then we get a bit of background on them, at least the, like, PG Rick Riordan Mm. version. So according to Apollo, he'd been struck by one of Eros's arrows to fall obsessively in love with Daphne. There had already been love there, like he had already cared for her, but the arrow made him obsessive and it turned Daphne's feelings towards him to hatred. He chased her around and she begged Gaia to turn her into a laurel tree to escape him. Apollo then passes out after hallucinating Daphne and thinking about what happened and then wakes up to a lion licking his face and a woman's voice telling him to get up. It's Rhea and her two lions, and she wants to talk. I didn't know Rhea had lions. This I didn't either. Like, feels like so, something like Rick was like, she's a powerful woman. She needs some kind of powerful cat. Mm, yes. It's like the next step up. Yeah. A wolf yeah. or a lion. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. like a leopard. Yeah. That's cool. Good for her. Hmm. Oh, I wanted to talk about the actual myth here of Daphne. I have pulled up the the myth of Daphne, the Wikipedia, Apollo and Daphne, you know, anyone wants to read along, but it takes this, their story takes place right after Python terrorized mankind. So it's like all connected to Python. Um, and Apollo claimed that he, he was feeling really good about himself. And he was like, I'm actually like better at using a bow and arrow than you. He said this to Eros cupid and was like you should just stop like your arrows are dumb i'm better and so eros was mad so he shot apollo and daphne he like shot apollo so that he'd become obsessed with daphne and then he shot daphne so that she would hate apollo and be like repulsed by him and also she was like really into Daphne was like really into Artemis and dedicated Uh herself to virginity like perpetual virginity she would spend a lot of time in the woods and explore the forest and she was really into Artemis she was a big fan um so that's the added layer and Apollo sees her he immediately is like fallen into infatuation pursues her and chases her pleads her to basically have sex with him and she's like repulsed by him and she's sworn to be a virgin and so she begs then and like there's a i saw that there's different interpretations like in some she begs to her father who is some dude who had power and then some she begs to like the earth mother to turn her into a tree and then she is turned into a tree a laurel tree which apollo makes like his thing that goes on his head the laurels to like honor her i guess so yeah not a great look it's not a good look for apollo it's really not a good look for eros i feel like we've talked about this in like other um 
in other the other books, but it's always like the women that get punished for the men's problems, you know, like this was just like a stupid ego fight between Apollo and Eros, but like Daphne is the one who gets the most traumatized by this. Yeah, and she'd like her entire yeah. life is over. Apollo just kind of moves yeah. on. Like he's sucks, but he's a god. And Eros yeah. is like, haha, like don't ever say stuff like that again. Yeah. And Daphne's like, they're like fine. I didn't even speak. Yeah. Yeah. Like she had nothing. She was like, I was just being like a fan of Artemis, minding my own business. And they dragged her into this. I just, I feel like we talked about a lot, that a lot with like Luke's mom and how she was yeah. just like, destroyed and you know talia's and jason's mom like all these women just like destroyed by the gods Mm. love it but you know in trials of apollo he's trying to be like i was a victim (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm sad about it well Mm -hmm. it's like so i don't know if you've read it wasn't a great book to be honest wake siren did you i haven't read that no it wasn't very good but it's supposed to be like each chapter is supposed to be some kind of Either it's sometimes it's a poem, sometimes it's a song, sometimes it's just a story, and it it, it it's from different time periods, so you're kind of confused. But the main mm-hmm. character is always a woman in Greek mythology that was wronged, and the story from her mm-hmm. point of view. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daphne has I totally forgot about it until you were um, this chapter, and he was talking about the myth. Um, mm-hmm. Daphne has a a little short story in there and like in that one like apollo after she turns into the the tree he she's like aware because she's a tree now and he he kind of you know (laughs) he has a time with the tree a time with the tree and she's just a tree and then he like cuts off the piece of the tree and starts wearing it and i forgot about that and that was just like trauma i remember reading that and i was just like you know, I get it. Greek mythology really like fucked women over literally and figuratively, but yeah. um I don't know if I can read an entire book where each chapter is just trauma dump and trauma. That's a lot. Yeah, That's like there's lot. no I like when people read like obviously the the texts uh whatever we have of Greek mythology and these stories are like inherently like most of the women get really traumatized and harmed, but I do like when people reimagine certain parts to be, like, more empowering or have them get revenge. Yeah, give them some nice. kind of... Yeah, and uh, that book was also... Also, like, as a woman reading it, I'm like, yeah, being a yes. woman sucks sometimes. <laughs> Thank you a lot for of time. Yeah. yeah, this is not, like, a revelation. It's just, like, makes me feel kind of bummed out because yeah. this is my life. But, you know, yeah, but uh, so that's why I was like thinking about Apollo and I was like, oh, you know, minus 25 points for you. Yeah. Out of, Mm -hmm. you know, five points. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're in you're in the negatives now, Apollo. Yeah. Oh, I still have another chapter. I just realized that. You (laughs) do. Okay. So now we move on to chapter 26 after we get that background on Daphne and Apollo and everything. So, Imperators here, gag me with a peace symbol, not groovy, mama. It's kind of kinky, Apollo. Mm. Gag me. Rhea talks like a stoner. Also, she is apparently at Woodstock. Like, half this chapter is just her, like, telling, trying to 
tell him something and getting distracted by herself. I'm like, I feel like everyone has that one friend or is that one friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she eventually gets to the point and brings up something of importance. She mentions how all the communication lines are down now and says that, quote, the man is doing it. She calls them the suits, the imperators. And Apollo is like, "Uh uh-oh, this is not good news. He knows just who these people are, like has an idea. And he thinks that he'd rather fight with Tartarus itself than these people, which is interesting. Mm. Rhea confirms that the mysterious Triumvirate Holdings is connected to the Imperators, who Apollo reveals are the Emperors of Rome. Rhea says that they never went away. They wanted to make themselves gods during the time when they were living and like made people worship them as gods, so thus they became semi-immortal. Like, they're stuck, they're unable to die, but they're not really living and not alive, and they're not as powerful as, like, you know, Zeus. Um, But for centuries, they've just been hiding out and influencing history quietly from behind the scenes. It's not all of the emperors of Rome doing this either. It's just the worst of them, the most notorious, because they live on in human memory and are tied inherently to the course of Western civilization. They're super powerful now because they've been biding their time, plotting war, and waiting for the moment. They're waiting specifically for Apollo to become mortal so that the oracles become vulnerable and they can get all the oracles. I still don't really, like, fully... And I've read this series, I'm still like, but, like, when you get the oracles, then what? You know, like, you're just stopping Mm -hmm. quests. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. No quests. It. Like I'm sure there's plenty no of campers. Child labor. Yeah. <laughs> plenty yeah. campers are like, thank God I can take a break. I'm sure I I'm pretty sure there's more to it. They like want to kill yeah. people and stuff, all that fun stuff. Um The Beast is their leader, who Apollo now remembers like who this is, but he doesn't tell us the name. He just says that he remembers the man's voice echoing around the arena and ordering executions in ancient Roman times. He still doesn't know who the other two are, and he's like, I don't even want to ask. It'll be too much for me. Rhea says that they're all working on holding the oracles, and Python himself has Delphi, which is the biggest problem, but, like, Apollo's too weak to fight that, so first he needs to focus on minor oracles to loosen their power, starting with the Grove of Dodona, which none of these Roman dudes have. And she tells Apollo to find Dodona, and it's his first trial, and also he needs to find Meg. She gives him a set of wind chimes to hang on the largest ancient oak to channel the voices of the oracle so he doesn't go mad. And she also warns Apollo that the beast is planning an attack on camp so he has to go back and warn his friends at Camp Half-Blood. Because, you know, he's got that, like, nice 24 hours before Meg will be eaten I know. Ants. So she's like, you have some tasks to get done first. Then she wishes him good luck. Yeah, she's like, gives him a little, like, quest list. It really feels like a video game to me. It really does. Yeah. Then she wishes him good luck. The woods dissolve around him and, like, she kind of magically transports him back to Camp Half-Blood. And then he passes out. So, of my notes for this, um, I think it's dumb that he swears so many oaths. Like, it's kind (laughs) of on brand. He's really dramatic. My other note, like, the concept of Roman Emperor, like, these powerful figures becoming gods because they remain powerful in like collective memory i'm like can literally anyone then become a god as long as they create some kind of legacy for themselves will we become gods because of this podcast 
<laughs> I think, yes, I think that this podcast will stand the test of time. I think so. I think that people, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, would people like, like really famous, like is Beyonce a god? I mean, yes. Yeah, well, yes. But like, will she be live on immortally as a god in this universe? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, so, it's also, it's honestly not the best villain in my, like, the mm-hmm. last two books, like, the first book was, like, Titans, Kronos is back. Like, he's, you know, the ba- big bad daddy. Like, we got it. Yeah. Cool. We had Tartarus. He's turning campers. Yeah, we had Tartarus. He's turning campus, uh, campers against each other. Mm-hmm. The second series, it's literally Mother Earth. Like, yeah. the entire Earth is going to war against the yeah. gods. It's, this is just, like, a bunch of losers who just... <laughs> weren't good at their job and so I are stuck forever in infamy I do love that the villain is just like capitalism like they're just like businessmen now (laughs) and it's like he's like the reason they're so powerful is because they're so linked to western culture and it's like I feel like they've had that conversation too in like the first book when Annabeth was like saw the sirens and saw herself rebuilding a world and had that moment where she was like what if we just like rebuilt everything i feel like rick is trying to radicalize us but he's not brave enough to do it himself you know (laughs) to have these characters like destroy western culture but he's like it's just an idea and everyone reading it (laughs) is like destroy it (laughs) the actually the third trial of apollo is he has to get some um clinical trial covered by insurance <laughs> yes and the the triumvirate people are just like blocking it at every yeah they're like you have you know a poor medical history <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that's a pre-existing condition yeah sorry about it dude yeah those are my those are my notes on those chapters all right well you ready for my chapters? Because they're yes. quite wild. So weird. All right. My chapters are 27 and 28. It's chapter 27. I apologize for pretty much everything. Wow. I'm a good guy. Mm. Apollo wakes up and sees his beautiful ex-boyfriend, Hyacinthus, who was thunk in the skull when Apollo threw a discus at him, essentially. Basically, he made fun of the west winds and the west winds moved his disc to go hit his boyfriend in the skull and killed him and so apollo turned him into hyacinths Hmm. this is just apollo reminding us like hey i'm also like i'm bisexual (laughs) don't worry (laughs) like i I also had a boyfriend (laughs) yeah but hyacinthus is standing above him at the windows he turns to a weeping apollo and says seek the caverns near the the springs of blue oh apollo your sanity will be taken away but do not and then fades away before he finishes the sentence and what apollo really sees is actually there's a pot of hyacinths in the window and that's what he's been holding and crying so he's holding this pot of flowers and crying and begging for his dead lover to finish his sentence and he sees a horrified will and nick nick (laughs) nick (laughs) sorry god let me try again he sees a horrified Will and Nico standing next to him. Will has treated Apollo for concussion, but he has other wounds that need healing. Apollo doesn't have time, though. He has to go and save Meg because, you know, he has an oath that he swore that will mm-hmm. kill him instantly if Meg dies. 
Also, he feels really bad and he's started to like Meg. It's already been six hours since he got to camp and passed out. He only has, you know, 18 hours left. He needs to leave now. Nico wants to help and asks for more details so they can shadow travel together and go save Meg, but Apollo refuses. He knows something is coming to camp and Nico and Will need to be there to defend it. And I was like, also, Will is their only medic. If he leaves, everyone dies. (laughs) Yeah. Apollo now reveals that the big scary villain of the series are the old emperors of Rome. They have somehow made themselves immortal, which, as we talked about, all it takes is worship and being, like, embedded into history and stories. And they've been hiding from the gods for centuries. They've been building up wealth and clinging on to half power so they can be ready when the time's right. The beast, who Apollo thinks is the worst of the emperors, is Nero himself, and Apollo's like, he's called the beast because that's what the Christians called him when he was, you know, setting them on fire and persecuting them. Nice. And personally, I was just like, <laughs> is that the best you could come up with? This man is setting you the on fire and you're that beast of a man. <laughs> come up with something better. Like, I don't know. I know. Something related to fire, you know. Exterminator. I don't Ooh. know. Something like cool and edgy. The beast. Okay. Apollo leaves a stunned Nico and Will behind and runs to the armory. He grabs arrows and quills and decides that his oath on the river six doesn't really matter because it's a <laughs> slow burn and kind of seeps into your body like cancer is how uh, Pete had described it. And he'd rather take the slow death of that oath over the quick death of the oath of the geyser. And I was like, maybe just stop making so many oaths. He even challenges and curses at Zeus for taking out his punishment on people he cares about instead of targeting him like a man. Apollos had this building of resentment over the last couple chapters where he feels like he's seeing everyone he starts to care about be affected by the fact that people hate him. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because that's the whole plot, plot of Percy Jackson. is like, we hate the gods. All your children must suffer. The son of Poseidon is nothing to do with Percy himself, but the fact that he's the son of Poseidon. And Apollo's like, hey, maybe that's not good for our children. Just maybe. Yeah, maybe. Zeus is surprisingly quiet and does not respond. So Apollo decides to just take that as a sign to continue. Apollo isn't sure how he found the nest. He's like, somehow I found the nest. And I was like, Rick just doesn't want to think about it. He's yeah. like, just go. Yeah. <laughs> he knocks um, an arrow and walks towards the mare Meek, who is standing guard, just like chewing on a Chevy Impala. It's kind of cute. It's, it, it's just dragging it, trying to bring it back to its nest and yeah. chewing on it. Like they're and just kind of doing their own thing. They, they, they're holding right. Meg hostage, but yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't attack him because he just walks with confidence and purpose and it just like decides a man. he belongs there like a man. Yeah. And then once he's inside, he begins to sing. <laughs> he's dealing with all the grief that <laughs> I know. It's just like this entire chapter made me just like clutch my forehead and be like, what? <laughs> Why is he singing? <laughs> If this becomes like obviously PJO is becoming a TV show, I don't know if they'll make it towards um, Heroes of Olympus, but if they somehow get to this one, <laughs> I don't watching think they this can <laughs> make my brain melt, I think, a little bit. So, Apollo, like I said, he's been dealing like with the re emergence of all of his feelings the grief of losing Daphne, Hyacinthus, and Meg, 
he's like, I don't need, didn't need any muse or magical instrument. He just used his own grief and he sings with sorrow of a human voice, which he thinks is, even though he would have been more powerful if he was a god, he says there's an added layer of being mortal that adds to sorrow in his music. The ants basically curl up with depression and fall over. <laughs> Mood. Apollo chooses the tunnel. <laughs> Apollo chooses the tunnel where he sees a geranium, which is apparently a type of flower. I looked it up. It's a purple little flower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the seeds that Meg got. Um, knowing Meg probably dropped a seed, leaving him a trail. Now that he's no longer singing, the Miramiks charge and Apollo fires like an expert. You know, he's actually very good with the bow and arrow. He shouldn't have made that oath. We've already talked about this. Mm-hmm. The problem is that he's running out of arrows. It's not a gun. He thought he would be able to grab the ones that he fired, but they basically disintegrate once they get stuck in the ant because the ant is like full of acid or something. Nice. Apollo runs down the cave and starts to sing again. <laughs> his hopes of finding Meg, basically his excitement to find her, makes his melancholy songs sound not as powerful. So instead he sings about all of his faults and for the first time of his life admits to all the things he's done wrong. He begs for forgiveness from his slain lovers. He talks about his commitment issues. He's like, not only can I not commit to a lover, I can't commit to like being a god of one thing. I keep jumping around. (laughs) The fact that his entire golden life is actually a lie. He's a failure and he's terrified and his heart feels like it's made of wood. All around him, the ants are collapsing and the entire nest is shaking with grief. He hears the sound of a girl crying and finds Meg in the center of many decaying animals. She's enveloped but fighting back, like basically like she's in a sack where enzymes are trying to break her down, make her soft so she can be eaten. And she's basically opened a seed or two of the geraniums and they're growing all around her. And by using those, they've basically stopped the, or at least slowed the breakdown of her skin. And she's even managed to break free one of her arms. She's crying and apologizes to Apollo. Apollo thinks that the effects of the song are causing her to act irrationally and making her very sad. Because he's like, I should be apologizing to you. Why are you apologizing to me? And I strongly disagree. I think that Meg is evil. And we're going to find that out later. And that is something I'm putting there. Maybe even not that she's evil, but she was like trained by someone, like her mentor whoever she, or her patron, or whatever they call Her stepfather? No, her... Not, oh, her, her guardian, no, her that's st- what she calls... She has a guardian. Yeah, her guardian. Her stepfather was killed, so it's a guardian. No, her father was killed. Oh, so her mom mar- remarried someone mean? Or was it her, her step- stepfather? No, her stepfather was killed. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Apollo is trying to figure out how to free Meg when four Miramiks... Mir... 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 Mir what? Okay, sorry. Mermakies? 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 Mer- I just say ants. <laughs> yeah. I just say ants. Yes. Apollo is trying to figure out how to free Meg when four ants enter the cavern. <laughs> he reaches for quivers and realizes he only has one arrow left. Mm. All right, so chapter 28. <laughs> this is when it gets weird. This doesn't get weird. Parenting advice. Mamas, don't let your larvae grow up to be ants. Apollo, acting under Meg's advice, throws the rest of the packets of geraniums at her to free her. The ants charge, and Apollo tries to cause an earthquake. He's like, back in the day, I perfectly timed an arrow to hit a fault line and basically killed all of Sparta. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Weird flex. Um, I know. 
But shooting his last arrow into the ground just kind of gets it stuck uselessly in the earth. In a desperate attempt, as Meg pulls herself out of the sack thing that I just keep imagining to be like a little beam, like fluorescent, translucent sack. Um, Yeah. Apollo waves his Brazilian flag around and yells at the ants to back up. At that moment, the place where the arrow was embedded starts to crack and the entire ceiling of the cave falls onto the ant and kills them. Another ant charges from behind and Apollo throws Meg her rings so she can chop it up using her little ring swords. I don't know why I was imagining her holding like um frisbee rings this entire time. Wait, so what? So she said she's got her ring, you know? Like, I did she just like wear them on her arms? <laughs> No, I just, like, I don't, I guess I didn't even think about her wearing them. I thought she just held them, and she was just holding them the whole time. And I was like, that's weird. And then I was like, when he was like, oh, he has her little rings. I was like, that finger rings. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> those are a thing. Hey, those are a thing. Um, Meg tries again to apologize to Apollo, who feels that it's unwarranted, and he thinks that he should be the one to say sorry. But before they can really talk about it, they hear the scream of the queen ant. And this is where the rest of the chapter feels like a fever dream. (laughs) So anyway, somehow they find the queen ant and she's hella pregnant. She's like, you know, dropping larvae as they're Mm. approaching her. Both Apollo and Meg have ethical issues killing a pregnant ant who's actively giving birth. (laughs) But they know they have to get past her because Meg can feel the presence of the trees behind her. They know that's the direction they have to go. Apollo is hesitant, but decides to sing. Actually, he decides to rap. So he's rapping at his giant queen ant, and then he starts breakdancing, too. He then sings, or like raps, Dance by Nas, and is channeling his love for his mother, Leto, into his words to like express to the queen yeah, how much he loves her. Or he, yeah, he loves her and he wishes that she was his mother. When he's finished, he falls onto one knee to see if the queen ant will accept his dance number. And she does. Can you imagine someone doing that to you as you're giving birth? (laughs) At least it's a distraction, I guess. I guess. I mean, honestly, that might be kind of fun. Like... It reminds me of the Brooklyn Nine-Nine when Amy's giving birth and, um... Holt and, oh god, I don't remember all of their names. Holt starts doing the weird breakdancing thing to distract her. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's the same vibe. It's the same vibe. Anyway, when he's finished, she falls, so she accepts his dance number, and then she gently pushes him towards the way of the trees, all while she's still laying eggs. Apollo strokes the queen ant's head and is like, can I call you mama? (laughs) Oh, I see. I wrote Donda here. That's why. Can I call you mama? I was reading this last night at like one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, what is happening? You're like, am I awake right now? I don't know if my brain could have made this up, though. It's kind of like, do you, I don't know if you remember this. You do, because you bring it up all the time. Um, When you and I used to, like, write our little stories, and I had a lot of cough syrup, and I was, like, half awake, and I wrote, this is what it feels, it feels like Rick wrote this while (laughs) he was medicated, (laughs) 
And his editor was like, whatever you want, Rick. Yeah, the editor's like, well, the kids love it. Yeah. Like, we thought Percy shooting perfectly timed space food into the lion's mouth was wild. This is next level. This is doing a rap dance about motherhood. (laughs) And then having to ask an aunt if it'll be your mother. Anyway, so he's, he's like, he says, can I call you mama? She says that, apparently says yes, so he starts calling her mama, and then he and Meg take off for the grove. <laughs> My note is just generally what the fuck, just like genuinely. You know, it is entertaining. Like, I'll give it that. I will, I, if I have to bold. give it something, yeah. I was like, gun to my head, I could not have predicted this dance rap scene to be I think I have- I think I erased it from my memory because I genuinely, like, didn't remember that. (laughs) Like, you have to ignore that scene for this book to be, like, decent. I know. You know, like, the book's good, and then they throw this in there, and you're like, what is happening? It's like Apollo's gently breakdancing in the corner. Hey, girl, you good? Hey, mama. Love you, mama. Oh god. Anyway, my my prediction is Meg is going to betray Apollo in the whole like I was evil before I knew you and understood that gods could have feelings and like mm. I knew about your sadness. I regret it. I didn't know any better. And Apollo's gonna be like, How could you betray me like this? They're gonna mm. have a moment. I think it has <laughs> to come probably soon. wrap it. <laughs> you probably will. Maybe sing it and break dance a little bit. He doesn't say break dancing, he says footwork. But I That's, know what he means. Yeah, yeah. It's like, he's like, what is that thing that people do at raves? Shuffling? Shuffling. Is he doing that? He's 100% shuffling. He's at a rave. He suddenly has, like, pasties on. <laughs> oh, there are, like, too many people from our high school that are rave people now. And I'm always like, I didn't think I was going to see your tits on Instagram today, but okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I really need to get, like, figure out who they go to to get like waxed or lasered because that's <laughs> yeah. incredible it's it's good work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> sorry <laughs> um yeah those are those that's all my notes i wrote was reading this and i lost my mind a little bit so good good thanks rick yeah yeah thank you rick for that gift are you ready <laughs> are you ready for some lightning bolt round questions i am indeed all right. What is your go-to sad song? And what is why does it make you sad? It's not a rap song. Um, Apollo can't break dance to this one. Mm. Someone sent in a lightning bolt question kind of similar to this. So I feel like I like have been thinking of this and then I forgot to add it in here. It was something like, what's a song that's like your weakness? So like, I've been thinking about mm. this. What's this go-to sad song? I think I do have a playlist on Spotify of what's it called <laughs> oh songs i can't listen to without a visceral emotional response that's the name of my oh. playlist and oh i think my goat like the song that just like jet like makes me feel my heart break is vienna by the fray not it's not the billy joel vienna it's a different vienna because billy joel's hmm. vienna is like nice um, Vienna by the Fray is just, like, so sad, and I used to, like, listen to it in depressive episodes in my bedroom in high school. 
Yeah. I shouldn't be laughing <laughs> about that. Um, but it's like one of those, like if I hear it now, I just get like so like, aww, a little sad, little deflated. But it's a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. The Frey, the Frey does a good job in they do. getting your emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially like the older songs. Yeah. I also have a sad person um, playlist. It's called How Am I Supposed to Live, Love, Laugh in This Economy? <laughs> nice. That's good. But I think the song that gets me... I also have another one that's called Songs to Listen to While Lying on the Floor During a Midlife Crisis. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And the song that gets the most... It's not sad as much as it's... I think it... Well, it's just really beautiful is Saturn by Sleeping mm. at Last. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one's a good one. That's it doesn't have song. that many lyrics, but the... the yeah, I love a good string and... <laughs> It would definitely make me gently weep. Yeah. 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 It would make you crawl into a ball as an ant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. My head on the floor. Mm-hmm. Ooh, on my playlist, the other one, Paradise by Vanessa Carlton. Do you remember that one? Sounds really familiar. It's, it was like very much of that 2010 era, but that's a freaking sad song. I think you gave it to me in like the I probably grade. did. I was like, this yeah. speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. There's a lot of songs that you gave to me and I was like, oh, she's a sad girl. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> okay, a different, different vibe of a question. If you could turn any historical or like current figure into an immortal god, who would you choose? God, I don't want any person i know same. to become a god same sounds rough no i think that there is a time and place for everybody so yeah. some people unfortunately are here and some people unfortunately yeah i don't know they make their mark and they leave and that's the, the good thing i can't imagine who would want to stick around oh i thought of one i hadn't hmm. thought of one i was like i don't know why i asked this when i didn't I would turn Peanut into an immortal god. <laughs> oh, there we go. I would yeah, turn all good, dogs. Famous historical figure. You're, yeah. yeah. I think dogs make good immortal gods. It's dog backwards then, as god, you know. But then the dog has to see you die. Oh, that's sad. And I would never want that for a dog. A dog doesn't understand oh, consequence. That's not that's fair. That's so sad. Yeah. Oh. But you wouldn't have to be immortal. Look over your 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 children, you know. Yeah, they could look over your family line. <laughs> I also feel like people would stop getting dogs if it was like an immortal commitment. <laughs> it's not just fifteen years. It's no, forever. it's it's for lineages. Yeah, and like if your dog has like a litter of six puppies. It's like oh god, six more. I'm just imagining it's like that. I've seen like memes on TikTok that are like your one friend with that decrepit old dog. I feel like that's like <laughs> it would be like it's been in my family for for generations, and it's like a Seven weird generation. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I don't think I'd turn any humans into a god. Mm-mm. Uh, mm-mm. Even like the really amazing, powerful political and historical figures had weird flaws and i don't know yeah. if they would 
hold up in current times. Like you have yeah. like someone who is incredibly, I don't know, political and who at the time was really, uh, I can't think of any words. Like right progressive. Now. Yeah. I was like, pro- I was going to say provocative. And I was like, that's not what I <laughs> they want. They could have been. We don't know. I know. And, um, but in today's times, they're actually super conservative. And yeah. They don't exactly. like change that much. They like enough change that benefits them. But as soon yeah. as it's completely, yeah. I don't think it, it would end up well for anybody. Yeah. Never. It's like, don't meet your heroes, you know, don't bring back the dead. <laughs> exactly. Be Let them rest. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my last question was, <laughs> I just was struck by Apollo saying that he'd rather battle Tartarus itself than this, than these rich men. So would mm-hmm. you rather battle Tartarus or a rich man that thought he was a god and had a lot of money and weapons, I guess? Listen, Tartarus is just trying to be what it was built to be. A rich man who thought he was God, I could humble him. And to be the person who humbles him would make me feel like a God. Mm. See, the thing is, the rich man who thinks he's God, though, I would be kind of scared of, like, what he would do if he would capture me. Because, like, men love to have power over women. Whereas Tartarus... I mean, I don't think I could beat Tartarus, but I do think, like, we could coexist together, you know? Not mm. that the, the prompt is battling, but now I'm like, we're going to be friends. <laughs> yeah. Who would you like to have coffee with? Yeah. This is like actually more like, who would you go on a first date with? <laughs> it's like, and I could coexist. We could have I think I'd rather go on be a civil. date with Tartarus than, than yeah, like me one too. of these rich men. Yeah. Yeah. But Especially the rich men was a god. could buy me things. But Tartarus doesn't even need money. Like, he can just make things yeah. happen. <laughs> He can like Tartus just give the me a place to the sugar daddy. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> but for battling, I, I get picking the man because you can just kinda like you know, find whatever he's really sensitive about. Use my words. Yeah. Bring up some like hot topic, you know. Mm. They're probably like I feel like I get the vibe they're like those dudes who are like really mad if you use like introduce yourself with pronouns you know so just like do something <laughs> like that and just like they'll lose you watch them lose their mind their little pee yeah. brain and you just sit there and watch them slowly dissolve yeah yeah but you know tartarus i'd hang with <laughs> <laughs> all right well that was a wrap on those chapters the wildest <laughs> chapters weird. i think yeah. Um, we're going to be heading into chapters 29 through 32. I think we only have two more episodes after the next one. Yeah, something we'll like that. Be done. Yeah, with this book. Crazy. First book done. Woo. It's been a wild time. <laughs> it sure has. <laughs> if you are interested in supporting us, you can find us on Patreon. The link's in the episode description. If you want to send us an audio message, that link will be there as well. Our social media is at Camp Half Pod on all social platforms. And if you want to send a longer formatted question or anything like that, email us at camphalfpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag this is a Trials of Apollo spoiler or any questions for later chapters so that I don't have any indication what's going to happen. I can be pleasantly surprised. 
And don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening to us. Bye-bye. Do 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 do